Wendy, do you like to paint? Well, I haven't painted since college when I took an art class in college, and I loved that class. I really loved it. So I hadn't done it until I stumbled across Alyssa Arbeitman and her Wild and Free class. And then we hosted her at the office, and it was so much fun. And then I had her come to the John F. Peter Museum here in town, and then I painted again. And ever since then, I've been picking up my (laughs) pencils and, you know, wanted to join her class. How about you? Yeah. Do you paint? Well, you know, I love creating art, but I I don't do it that often. And when when she did come to our office and do that, I I think it was the first time, and I couldn't even tell you how long it was. Um, and it was a great experience, um, something I want to do again for sure. You know, it's something that you just don't do once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as I'm hoping that just talking today is going to get us back to painting again. So this is Debbie. And this is Wendy. And this is Nourish Noshes. We're so happy you've joined us. We're so excited to have Alyssa Arbeitman <laughs> of Wild and Free Painting here with us today. And I just want to give you a little bit of bio because she's got some impressive history on how she came to create Wild and Free. So she earned her BFA right. in graphic design from the University of Michigan. She holds a bachelor's degree in art therapy from New York University. She's registered board certified art therapist by the Art Therapy Credentials Board and licensed creative arts therapist by the state of New York. And then from 03 to 07, she developed and implemented art therapy programs throughout New Jersey. And then in 2007, she opened her private practice, Higher Art, where she specialized in helping children, teenage girls, women, and parents develop coping strategies around anxiety and depression while increasing self-esteem. And then in 2018, she opened Wild and Free Painting, and this is where Debbie and I both met Alyssa. And she now facilitates self-care and personal growth groups, workshops, through what she calls process painting, and she'll be able to dive into that and tell us what all that's about. She also offers individual art therapy sessions for children, teens, and women to help support them on their journey. So, We've got a great pack interview with Alyssa. So thank you for coming. Thank you. And I want to say, um, of course, I was just so excited when you reached out, but both of you have been so supportive of me since the beginning. I feel like that was, you know, it was a few years ago when I went and did that talk at your office. And I just feel really um, supported and cheered on by both of you. And um, as a woman, to have that from other women, business owners who I respect and admire, it feels really, really good. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. Comes from the heart. It's easy to do. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, we have such parallels in what we do, even though it seems that what we do is so different. We have such parallels in our philosophy and in our value system on how we approach our clients, and it's it's really nice to have that and um, to connect that way. Yes. Well, let's jump right in and tell tell the audience about Wild and Free Painting and how that came about. And I'd love for you to talk about this idea of process painting and what that why process painting. What has it gifted you, and what could it gift other people? Tell us about that. So I'd love to. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and just um, kind of tell you what led me to this in, in the, the quick version of it. But I come from a family of artists, long history and lineage, you know, lineage of um, art teachers and, and studio artists and things like that. And so the space to create 
while I was growing up, um, all throughout my childhood and teenage years was there. Um, however, was always focused on the end product. You know, what does it look like? Uh, entering my artwork into competitions, taking the five classes in high school, the pressure to get the A's, to get that portfolio ready for college. And that's where the focus was. And I performed and I did it, you know, just like a good student would. So I then had this uh, portfolio that I spent so much time on in high school, uh, perfect and ready to go for college, got into my, my, you know, school of choice, the art school that I wanted, and continued that same way of training, that same way of learning how to be creative. What does the professor want? What does the teacher want? I will respond by creating that, get the A, so now I can get a good job and have a portfolio for that good job. So I did that. And so now, I mean, we're talking, I'm like 22 now, right? Just doing this same process. So I have the perfect portfolio done from college and I graduated and I, I could not bring it out into the world. I couldn't show it to anybody. I, it just felt like, uh, like an imposter syndrome almost. We talk a lot about that these days, Mm, right? And so this, so many years ago, and I put it under my bed and in my tiny little New York studio apartment, little bed thing. And I never showed anybody ever. And that was it. And I became an event planner. This is so curious. How many of us have done this? Oh gosh. Yeah. So if it's not art, it's something else, right? Everybody has a similar story of this um, working towards this end result. And so I became an event planner, was floundering around with who knows what. And I did come back to art as art therapy, combining just my love of creating and that healing space that can be created through your creativity, combining that with helping people, which I love to do. And that really is a profession of art therapy. There's a little bit more detail into it, but it combines those two things. And I found my, you know, my calling, my bliss, and um, continued in that way. And so I was, uh, as an art therapist, very much in this medical model, um, using art, just focusing, no one can see my quotes, but focusing on the process, but within this medical model, feeling pressured for my clients to uh, have the results right, to meet their goals, to have the results, to work towards this end product. Um, So after about eight years, that dichotomy, living in those two, the very creative, free, non-judgmental art world, you know, combined with this like medical model that I was working within, started to feel really uncomfortable. And it wasn't until um, 2012, a year after my first daughter was born, um, I was definitely suffering from my own anxiety and depression, although I didn't know that's what it was then, postpartum blues for sure, Uh, continuing to work, doing my art therapy thing, instilling creativity and healing with the children and teens and families that I was working with. But for myself, all of that had died. I was not creating, I wasn't working creatively, I was feeling very stuck everywhere across the board, and how to express myself, what to do, what kind of mother I was, everything really just came to a halt, and in 2012, I was invited to go to this process painting workshop in New York City, I was in New Jersey, I don't even remember what it said, 
but um, it was like, it sounded free. It was free, free, you know, not free as in money, but free as in express yourself. And so I just, um, you know, did everything I needed to do to get my baby taken care of. There was nothing that was going to stop me from going here. It just felt like I needed to be in this space. And so I went there, I painted morning until night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. Um, everything, everything came back that, that, that creative process, that sense of being free, that sense of not feeling judged, curiosity, the mystery, the spontaneity, everything was alive in my body because I was in this space, um, with a few principles or ground walls, you know, that we weren't going to judge. We weren't going to analyze. We weren't going to critique. We weren't going to talk about your work. We weren't going to pull it apart until there was nothing left. We were going to let you be, creative in the way that you know how to be creative with your authentic mark and uh, the way you come to the paper. And we were just going to create and hold that space for you. And so that was um, a space that had never been held for me, that had never been offered to me, that I didn't even know existed. After all these years of really being an artist, a studio artist, any kind of, I was that person. I had never had this space held for me where, uh, the way you come to this table, the way you come to this blank piece of paper is perfect the way you are. Let's create, let's pull whatever's going internally on, you know, whatever's happening internally for you, let's pull it out. Let's put it onto the paper and get really curious about it and talk about it, see what the potential is, the possibility, um, and go from there. And that had, I never, I never knew that that, can exist. And I never knew feelings like that could be evoked um, from something that I'd been doing my whole life, but just been doing a really different way with different ground rules. I love how you're not criticizing that old way, even though it was, you're holding space for it because that you are who you are because of that, that upbringing. Right. And so you, you, it sounds like you're not criticizing that old way but this new way just broke you open into oh it's just it sounds so it sounds very beautiful do do I have that right that you're not criticizing it (laughs) yeah no I'm not criticizing because that's part of my journey and that's part of my story and um and that's something that I work on with the women that I work with you know is really just coming to terms with and owning what your historical story is and who you are now and then what the potential is for you to become um and that story um, did provide, it, it helped me get to this place. Um, and it did provide a lot for me. I mean, there were, there were pieces that I edited out, but, uh, you know, I had a very, very challenging um, high school career, four years, very, very challenging. We moved a lot and art, what, art literally saved my life and my mom. So I had my mom and my art. And so um, within although uh, academically I was needing to perform um, there were you know my room and spaces in my home where I was just uh, creating really to thrive or to survive I mean I it was um, you know my parents were staying home on weekends to make sure that that I was emotionally okay and um, it got bad there for a little bit and so art um, I look at I can never shun the creative process no matter how it shows up or works because I believe in it so deeply. Well, I love that in that parallel to how we coach with clients as well, wherever, whatever their history is, it doesn't matter how many 
what their philosophy is, what their origin is, how many diets they've been on, how light or skinny or whatever they have been. It's just here you are right now, just as you are. You're not broken. We just need to get you. You, you want to do something different. And here we are to hold space to get you to a new place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I love people's stories. Right. I mean, they're, they're just, they're so beautiful and unique and and they are, they're filled with, uh, trauma and hard things, but they, each one makes that woman or person beautiful and unique and, um, they're sacred stories when we're, when we're on the other side of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yesterday, Wendy and I were talking about wild and free painting and talking about how, when we were when we we're children, how we had that freedom to create and do things without the judgment and without ourselves judging it, you know, even there may have been outside judgments, but we often didn't take it in as children because we didn't we didn't have that those those wounds yet. I guess you had them to do whatever we wanted, and usually if you grew up in a healthy household, you got praised for no matter what it was, and so you just kind of went. You didn't create for that praise necessarily, although eventually it becomes that. Um, but when you're a young child, it's not so much that. And it's that freedom that we, I think we all have to tap into, you know, from our young childhood, which is hard to do because it comes on so hard and so fast. As soon as you hit school age where you start being judged and you start being graded and you start getting all of those things. So it's hard to bring it back in. And so your practice is so important for people to learn how to bring it back in because yeah. the whole world is so externally motivated. Everybody yeah. is always looking on the outside for, for praise or for instruction or for whatever it is. And yeah. um, it's, it's such a great practice to have that. So, yeah. And I agree. And that's Debbie, exactly what we're doing is really um, allowing ourselves kind of peeling back the layers a little bit and allowing ourselves to go back to that inner child. And that's a little bit of what I explain if you, you know, when people join us for that first workshop, is if you were a child and you were to come into the studio or open up your paints for the first time, what color, what color is in your game? What color looks luscious and fun to play with? And which brush would you choose? And and you would dip it in and it would be dripping. And then where would you place it on your paper? Would it be this corner or that corner? Would it be a big circle or a little one? There, these are such um, almost silly things to think about or questions, but we are um, so defended and we're so blocked. You know, our walls are up so high yeah. that um, it is very difficult oftentimes to go back to that place. And within that place, that is where creativity, it thrives. And that's where all that curiosity comes from and that potential and the possibility we, we think and talk about. And so if we're, if we're looking to transform, if we're looking to grow, we, it's helpful to tap back into those different areas of ourselves. Um, because like you said, we've been so, uh, that story has been ingrained in all of us to focus so yep. much on the external, to rely so much on the external even as women, our story even more so is pushed to rely on the external. Um, right. let, what does this person say? What is this person showing you? What does this person think? Instead of for the a moment to go internally and think, well, what do I think? 
Mm-hmm. What do I yeah. want? What do I right. say? So by the time, um, you know, we're 40 and making these decisions, we're not sure what I want. Right. We've been told our whole lives what to do. And so right. interestingly enough, that's like one of the things that come up first in painting together as a community or a workshop or individually or whatever, is we're not painting a model. We're not following a model. I'm not teaching you technique like a traditional art class. I'm encouraging you to go within, feel a certain feeling in your body, attach line form and color to it, pull it out in color and put it onto the painting. And people are, some people are oftentimes stuck or paralyzed in that moment because it's been the first time even at 60 years old, that they have had the freedom to do what they wanted. And that's hard if you've been trained your whole life to do what somebody else wants. Absolutely. Or serve other people, you know? So in that moment, although it could be a struggle, that struggle is, is the moment that, that coming to that struggle is the way we move through it. So, yeah, I agree. And going back to children, you know, I see I, it's about eight years old that research says um, children are beginning to um, or children do understand whether or not their artwork is good or bad or pretty or yes. ugly or should they put more time into it or should they stop. Um, and so it really shuts off very early on. Yeah. Um, so you're not just shutting off the artwork, but you're shutting off a whole piece of our, uh, the, the way we are human, you yeah. know, the way we, we relate to ourselves and to other people. We're, we're cutting that off and putting the energies into something else until we're down later on down, you know, years later, um, we come back looking for it. We feel like we're missing something. Yeah. We're yeah. Creative peace in our life. And you just used a couple of words that we also throw out as good food or bad food and you should do this or shouldn't do this. We, we're, we're looking to retrain the brain to eliminate that and tap into how do I feel when I do this or eat this or think that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A thought too that, you know, I had thinking about this is that Wendy and I are both 50 years old and we think that we may be the last generation where we were kids and parents weren't really involved in our lives. You know, we went out to play and perhaps there are younger people than us that have that, but not much younger where we went out to play and we're told to come back, you know, at dinner time or whatever. And we had this freedom with no boundaries and to, to, to explore and to do things without that person looking over our shoulder. And so we may have been the last generation to grow up with that. And so maybe it's, it's in a sense, it's, it's easier to tap into maybe, but the other thing is, is the younger generations, and I'm thinking mostly millennials and younger than that, who had the helicopter parents, who have people looking over their shoulders from very young because our culture changed, you know, we don't, they don't have the freedom that we had. Mm -hmm. And so they're being judged and looked over and monitored at much younger ages than we ever were. Yeah. And I wonder if that's another piece of these high depression anxiety rates yeah. um, that are, we never even heard of before. I mean, yeah. it, to be depressed was an odd thing, you know, years and years ago. Now it's, it's normal. It's normal for people to have anxiety and depression, and that's not normal. Right. And so perhaps this is another piece of that. Of course, there's many pieces, but you know, yeah. this is one of them. 
Yeah. So there's, there's very, and I, there's very few spaces left where people can uh, be in a space with other people where they don't feel judged, where they don't feel criticized, where they don't feel analyzed and where they can be fully who they are. Very few spaces. And yeah. for our kids too. And they learn that early on. And, um, that is a piece of what I feel like I give to women, you know, holding this space for them to come show up truly as they are and let's work right where you are, you know, through it. And, you know, for example, um, we'll start a group online or in the studio and this one's exhaust, you know, a woman is exhausted. One's teary eyed because there was a death, you know, two days ago in her family and they want to pull it together. Okay, let me pull it together and now let's paint. And I have, I remind them that bring in this tired, you know, where do you feel the tired in your body? Where is that grief in your body? The exhaustion, where are we holding it? So we're, we're a talking world, right? We, 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 we feel like we're a talking world. We always have to be talking, talking extroverts. We talk about extroverts and they know what to do and at the parties and whatever. <laughs> um, but we have so much that's going on internally within our bodies. We hold things in our bodies. Your, your head hurts when you're exhausted. When you have this heavy, heavy grief, or you experience a divorce, your body hurts. You're holding it in places. When you have something to say and you don't say it, you're choked up. Like your your throat can hurt for, for years if you're not saying how you really feel. And so I'm bringing women back into their body. Where, where are you holding that tired? Uh, let's not dismiss it. Let's not forget about it and get to painting so we can make it pretty. Let's bring your tired in, invite it in, invite that grief in, invite that separation or disconnect in, um, see where it's being held in your body, attach line and form and color to it and put it out onto this paper. And now let's see what happens. And so oftentimes as women are painting through some of these things, you know, they're the, that tightness in the throat, the headache, the heaviness in their belly, the heartache. It's lifted, and I'm not going to say forever, but it's lifted in those moments because we're saying yes to it, we're um, recognizing it, we're honoring it, uh, we're validating it instead of dismissing it, and we're moving through it. And so back to my point is that there's, there's very few spaces left where we can, where we have the permission to work through, move through this, this difficult stuff. Yeah, I love I love that how you just frame that. And I have to share the story that um when I was in a class that you were teaching and there was a woman in the class who was I think she was next to me or pretty close to me and I could feel her energy of she did not want to be there. <laughs> we found out later she did not want to be there. Her daughter bought her this gift and it was she and her mom and her aunt with this girl's night out. And um, I just, I remember her, her frustration and her way of painting. And halfway through the class, she kind of threw her brush down and you came over and you're, are you finished? And she's like, yeah, I need a new piece of paper or something to that effect. And then she got another piece of paper and her demeanor was completely different. And she drew a completely different colors, different flow. One was the first one was really dark, 
muddy and the second one was nice and bright and beautiful and it was really interesting and so she shared with the group afterwards how much she had not wanted to come but that that process and it was it was very interesting yeah and so what happens when um when you're not led by the external world when you take off and we're not when you're not following a model when you're not following the direction of someone telling you what to do and you're encouraged to go within there oftentimes for some people can be a lot of resistance that comes up because it's hard and it's uncomfortable and they've never been here before they don't want to be there and um and for some people it's a little too much but for other people who are looking to grow or looking to change again that resistance is is the moment that I look for to work with someone to not necessarily dismiss that resistance but let's move into it so it becomes less intense we're giving voice to it um we're taking it from insider bodies we're pulling it out we're giving we're putting it into a context we're creating space between ourselves and this emotion or this feeling so we then feel like we have a little bit more control or power over it instead of all these overwhelming emotions you know coming over us but the resistance um for the women that i work with is yeah it's there and the resistance is really the meaty part of the work um we we want to go right into it um because that's where our growth is and so i actually i wrote something down oh uh, this morning i started re- uh listening to brene brown's um audio on dare to lead one yeah. of the books she wrote yeah. and so she said what stands in the way leads the way and i love that and absolutely I, yeah yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful yeah so simple and um and easy to remember but that's where the yeah. the hard work is right we want to push them away or we don't want to deal with them and that idea of you know we need to sometimes get dirty. <laughs> yeah, we need to get we need to sometimes get dirty and when we we have a space to come to ourselves uh with with permission and full acceptance of whatever comes up to get dirty to do that dirty work. What happens is we're we're beginning to accept ourselves as this full human being with this full range of emotion and responses and we're not compartmentalized anymore and we're not pieced apart anymore and we're not saying okay this piece of us is okay but this piece of us is dark and bad mm. um or that shadow piece of us we're we're giving light and space for all of these pieces of us to come forward and so um in the women that I've been working with for a longer period of time and and we've had that time to work through some of these things shame guilt sadness um darkness uh deep anxiety and we can move through some of these pieces then there the the shame is not necessarily attached to it as much and so the intensity of that emotion oftentimes dissipates or decreases a bit um and and we're feeling and looking at ourselves more as a whole person you know as a as a whole human being instead of compartmentalized in all these different pieces and parts and we show up differently because we're feeling more whole we're feeling more connected internally to ourselves to our true sense of self even those dark those dark areas that we all have and and because of that we're able to connect to our children a little bit better or able to connect to our partner or our family you know and um so it it shifts our connections 
once we can connect to ourselves that way. Yeah, and I can see how people come back and keep coming back and keep coming back because <laughs> I know when I did when you had the class at our office, um, it barely scratched the surface. You know, I remember yeah. it was so hard to let go of of myself, my own judging of what I was drawing and what I was painting, and so I could see how you know it's like okay. Okay, the first the first session has got to be vastly different from the third, and the third is so different from the seventh, and how much you would grow and open up over that period of time. And so yeah. it's so valuable, you know, to have that where you can keep going back. It's not just this one-time thing that you do and oh, can't can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a journey and it's a practice, very much like meditation would be or yoga, where. Each time you're coming to it, you're in a different place and space, right. and it's your practice. You, you are really committed to showing up and then letting happen what what needs to happen. And you're right. I mean, that first time, for some people, it's exhilarating. They haven't felt this free in their lives, and they just, they want more, they want more, they want more. And for other people, it can be anxiety-provoking, you know, because, yeah. hey, what do I do? Give me direction. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, over time, we just go, we go deeper and deeper and deeper into kind of letting go of the story that has been given us, given to us, or the story that's been put on to us, and really uh, moving into and inhabiting our own story. So are there any other, any stories or anything you want to share about anything that happened that kind of stands out? You know, I think on a whole... Most of the women, the women who have been, even if it's just for a few times or painting for a long time, there is this sense of freedom that they feel for the first time, or they're tapping into a sense of freedom that they had a very long time ago that they loved, you know, where, where they were uh, empowered to lead themselves. And so that feels wonderful for women. And they come to that place oftentimes while we're painting. A lot of people either have uh, never been creative in their lives and now feel like a whole sense of creative self has been opened up. You know, this new uh, piece of themselves has been birthed that they're excited about and feel alive about. Other people used to be very creative and it completely died and they've tapped back into that space. So they feel alive and energized for that. And um, working in this way, I've seen just women thrive in uh, being connected to themselves, more feeling more connected, deeply connected to themselves, having a space to come to weekly where they can, uh, they feel supported as who they are. However, they're showing up, they feel connected to the community, you know, the other painters that are committed to showing up and doing the work as well. People feel less, uh, more of an ease. I hear that word a lot, you know, where they're feeling more of an ease, a looseness, not as rigid. Uh, the anxiety has decreased a bit, you know, whenever, whenever, whatever's happening for them every week. Uh, whatever they're working through, the intensity is always lessened, just like you would through yoga or just like you would through meditation. Overall, it's a it's an increased feeling of empowerment, confidence, ease, you know, a decrease in the intensity of the anxiety, a lifting in the sadness due to that sense of community. 
and and really coming to an acceptance of who they are um, and being really okay with that and feeling feeling good about that you know standing in their bodies standing in their in their emotions and and being okay so so tell us about like where the classes are tell us about you know okay in the real world we know zoom right now is the place they are <laughs> But assuming the real world, that. I don't know which one is real. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell us about where that is and how it looks. And so, um, your class. studio space is in Manalpin, um, off of Tenant Road, and okay. it is we would we meet weekly uh, on Zoom or in in the studio, and the workshop is for two hours, and usually women come for a first time paint. And they fall in love with it. And then we work in packages where we paint every week for two hours. And the first 15 minutes uh, is a circle and a time for us to connect and share, talk about anything maybe that came up during the week or any uh, realizations they had from their painting. We paint for about an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, we come back together. During that time, I'm facilitating with people individually uh, working, you know, alongside them into this journey of a painting that they're going into. And the last 15 minutes or so, uh, we come back together in this circle. We uh, talk about how it feels to be with ourselves in this way, how it feels to, you know, be with each other in this way, this space of no commenting, not judging, not analyzing and pulling apart. And that's it. Online in Zoom, the one of the beautiful benefits that have come from it is that when I'm facilitating in the studio with someone individually, I'm talking one-on-one with them. But on Zoom, I'm talking one-on-one with them with a painter, but the whole group is hearing the facilitation. And yeah. so oftentimes the, the sense of community and validation and it, it, the connection grows very, very quickly because everyone could relate and feels validated by all the different conversations that are happening. So the the online uh, painting groups have been going so well that I will continue them uh, even when we go back into the studio. Yeah, good. Yeah, so that's been a, a fun part of the process that came about too. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us where you five can our listeners find you because this is just, I mean, I think every woman could be a part of your class and yeah. get something out of it. So yeah. there's, I'm not hearing that there's a person that couldn't, benefit from this yes i believe if every if if you are open to the process and and curious and interested in personal growth maybe uh you've been working on other practices or been through different therapies and you're looking for a different way to access different things there's all you really need is an openness and and certainly can benefit. Um, so I am at www.wildandfreepainting.com and all my information is there, um, how to register. My Right now we're painting on Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 8.30 and Friday mornings from 10 to 12. I do meet with people individually and um, we might be adding a Wednesday morning summer class. And you know, anyone can contact me there. I'm on Instagram at Wild and Free Paint and Facebook at Wild and Free Painting also. Well, we really are so glad that we know you and that you've you've been a great place that we can refer people to, you know, because yes, we we take care of people in a way that's very similar, but we have different needs and you're fulfilling a need that we can't necessarily fulfill in our practice. And so it's really valuable to us to have you 
and be able to share you with our clients and our followers so that they can seek you out and and help make their lives a little bit more full and a little bit less painful, yeah. I guess you'd say. Yeah. Well, I feel the same about both of you. So thank you very, very much. I appreciate it and your time. Thanks for listening. Keep the conversation going at nourishcoaches.com. And stay tuned for more Nourish Noshes as we continue our quest to make the world a healthier place.